Listening to I Love Old Time Radio with your host, Virtual Vinny. It's a new episode here on I Love Old Time Radio. Welcome, Old Time Radio fans. I'm your host, Virtual Vinny. You can interact with us via social media on our Facebook page at I Love Old Time Radio or on Twitter at I Love OT Radio. You can send feedback via our contact form on our website at I Love Old Time Radio.com or you can leave a voice message using the Anchor.fm app. If you enjoyed this program, please take the time to rate and review us at review.iloveoldtimeradio.com. This episode is brought to you in part by the I Love Old Time Radio Patreon page. As a Patreon member, you'll help me continue to bring all these great Golden Age shows, upgrade our equipment, keep the website going, and more. Plans start at just $2 a month, but if you pledge $6 or more, you get access to the Vintage Radio Podcast, a look at series that were an hour or more that include Lux Radio Theater, CBS Radio Mystery Theater, and the Mercury Theater on the air, just to name a few. This week on the Vintage Radio Club, an ancient vampire comes to England finds himself a bride. It's the Mercury Theater on the Air's adaptation of Dracula. To listen, join our Patreon page at vintage.iloveoldtimeradio.com. I Love Old Time Radio produces a new show every Monday through Friday each day with a different theme. Wednesdays are all about detectives, like Detective Annie Clover in Broadway Is My Beat. This episode originally aired on April 4th, 1953, and it's called... The Barton Russell Murder Case. Broadway's My Beat, from Times Square to Columbus Circle, the gaudiest, the most violent, the lonesomest mile in the world. Broadway's My Beat, with Larry Thor as Detective Danny Clover. The interval comes to Broadway when the nighttime of April summons its spring warmth, its frayed wind, its broken plumes of light, begins the slow drift from the avenue. And in its wake, slow death of neon and chill and litter where promises were tried, let fall. Full swell of black, and this, one dying gleam of light to catch the lurch of a straggler in the subway entrance where steel waits for him. And the ride through earth tunnel to a street where night intersects day, where waking is, and no remembering, and shock. And it becomes this, five o'clock time, the time when river pours its sullen grays into the night sea, the place where I was, summoned by harbor police to a cabin cruiser drifting the East River, ebb of April night, the slow windings of mist, and walk the deck of a derelict boat. Several salty items for you, Danny. A harbor police fellow filled me in. Now I'm in a position to do the same for you. Thanks, Nelson. Don't mention it. This slick little tub we're on, for instance. You can her length? Huh? Saw jive. I picked up from Sergeant Gorkin, who went to sea as a kid in an oil can, the East River. And had an You were event... going to reveal her length to me. Oh, yeah, I was. Forty feet of the class rich folk. 
Over here, Danny. I was told to point it out to you. Uh, what? These hooks, these ropes, these shiny brass things. Well, what about them? Once was held on them what is known in the parlance as a dinghy, a type lifeboat. It has slipped away. Harbor police is combing the river for it. They haven't found it. And this on the deck. Yeah, now we're on familiar ground. A trail of blood leading to a cabin where there's nothing but a splotch of sand. Nothing, nobody, nowhere. Forty feet of class and no one to enjoy it. A thing, huh, Danny? About the time a strip of gray peeled off the sky and let the light in, and pale rosy flecks appeared suddenly on the water and rocked there. A tight thread of warmth glowed briefly like a filament, exploded quietly on the cheek, caused a smile, and spread. And seaward another phenomenon, greeting to the sun. Another day at Anchorage in the port of New York. Then work to do. Call on port registry. Check the name of the cabin cruiser Pitcairn. Learn this. Pitcairn, owned by a Mr. Barton Russell of New York. Address, 2056 Park Avenue. So squad car ride through early morning streets. City at yawn time. Sweep off the pavement time. Stretch and scratch the back of the head time. And to the sunny street known as Park Avenue. Find the address you're looking for. A maid in a starched uniform and a smile that wilted long ago bid you identify yourself, bid you enter, bid you wait. And later, the descent down the curving staircase of a woman who bid you good morning. And please be seated, Mr. Clover. Oh, thank you. Now, is my husband in jail? No. What makes Oh, you... it's happened when Bart goes out without me. Jail prone. That's my boy, Bart. By himself, he's a walking misdemeanor. Now, tell me, where is he? What's he done? We don't know where he is, Mrs. Russell. You mean you men have graphs down at headquarters which show statistically when Bart will turn up and he hasn't shown up and you're in a dither? The harbor patrol picked up the picked cairn, drifting. No one was aboard. There was blood And all Bart over. was aboard and got loaded. Or whoever he was with got loaded. And gave himself or herself a nasty crack. So will you was... listen? No, you listen. I'm not going to be awake at 7 o'clock in the morning to be told about a new antic... Bart has a case book of antics. It's usual that I don't have to face him until 10 o'clock. And it doesn't worry you, does it? What doesn't worry me, Mr. Clover? The fact of the boats being adrift, the blood, the possibility that something's happened to your husband. All right, Mrs. Russell. Tell me something. Where were you last night? Entertaining. Who? Uncle Stanley. <laughs> Isn't that ridiculous? Police, where were you last night? Defenseless lady. Entertaining Uncle Stanley. Stanley Taggart, Mr. Clover, my uncle. He's in town and he came to call last night and we chatted. Uncle to adoring niece. For verification, he's at the Rossmore Plaza. Sorry you can't stay for coffee, Mr. Clover. She's open. Well, you don't mind I didn't get up out of bed, did you, son? Kind of cozy. Uh-huh. Sure, cozy. They being so nice. Lay in your breakfast right across your chest so gentle-like. You Stanley Taggart? Well, this fine morning, I know I'm Stanley Taggart. Who would you be this morning, son? Danny Clover, police. Come over here bedside and lay it on me real easy, son. 
Mm-hmm. Nice badges you folks put out here. Back in Utah... Oh, forgive me, sir. You want to buy the breakfast or just dig it in anyway? No, thanks. I, uh... This ham melts. Just melts. That's all. Tell you how it is, son. I haven't been in your town long enough to do anything bad. I didn't say you had, Mr. Tank. But I... you're police and you're thinking it. <laughs> you're, you're thinking it. You were with your niece last night. You see, now, yesterday afternoon, I hit your tower and I signed in here, dump my duds, go call it on my pretty, pretty niece. Listen to her pretty talk. Remember the pretty times when I dangled her on my knee. Was her husband there? Now, son, son, don't lay it on me like that. You know Bob Russell wasn't there. You any idea where he was? You want to scooch up on my bed and make yourself cozy while I tell you about Bart Russell? Tell me. Bart's the kind of a man a man like me can have a feeling for. Admiration, respect. Fine manner. The salt? You find a piece of earth anywhere at all, field, hill, or valley. Bart's the salt of it. Your niece feels different about him. Ah, my niece. Carol's a young girl. She's got a child's ideas about a man. She doesn't understand how a man like Bart enjoys the moment he's living in. That sweet and precious little moment that that happens to young men. (laughs) He's making me flow out about Bart. You haven't told me you're interested in him, son. We found his cabin cruiser drifting in the river this morning. No one on him. It doesn't sound like Bart to do that to his boat. He loves that pretty boat. The dinghy was missing. There was blood. We can't find Bart Russell. You saying something happened to Bart? You said... We don't know. How about you, Mr. Taggart? I know this. Something like that happened to Bart, I'm going to cry me a pool of tears. I'm fond of Bart. Tell you what, son. You come back some other time. Do that for me, son. Come on in, Gino. Well, what's up? Is that all you have to say for yourself? Huh? No good mornings, no how are you, no... Good morning, Gino. How are you? Not well, thank you. Oh, I'm sorry to hear that. This morning when Mrs. Tartaglia got out of bed and opened the window to let the spring in, she turned to me and smiled, reached over, pinched my cheek. Uh, Gino. I merely said, Mrs. T, let us have flapjacks for breakfast. She said, get them yourself and walked out the room with a flounce and a hug. Please, Gino. What did I do? I'm sorry you're not feeling well, Gino. Then what have you got for me? Item. Miss you, please. <clears throat> Item one. Mr. Barton Russell, owner of the mansion on Park Avenue, has indeed showed up at the pokey from time to time on various finable charges, mostly making a nuisance of himself at hours when decent people are asleep. Hmm. Go on. Item. A check in the background of Mr. Russell reveals that he is on his second marriage. Divorced? Widowed? What? Divorced. Quietly, two years ago in Reno, by a lady whose name before and after marriage to Mr. Russell was and is Miss Julia Walsh. She still live in the city? Central Park West, whose exact address I now give you. Well, you're doing very well. Eh, child's play. Go on, Jim. Item. At the divorce, Mr. Russell did settle a huge amount of money and property on his first wife, the exact amount of which has been difficult to ascertain. However, let us content ourselves for the moment with the word huge. If you say so. Also, an item. The missing dinghy from the good ship Pitcairn was found bumping against the pier on the East River. No one in it. Uh, any sign No of... blood, just a couple of oars. Just an empty boat. Danny Clover speaking. Dennis and Danny. 
You're on your way to Pier 12, East River. I am? Why? Get the boy you're looking for. In very bad condition, Danny. I'll see you. Yeah, right away. Well, like I said... Yeah, okay, Dennison. Harbor Patrol again, Danny. Fished him out about 25 minutes ago. Sure he's Barton Russell? Lots of identification on him, wallet and all. Lots of uh, these, too. Explains that blood. Stabbed on his boat, dumped, and the killer got away in the dinghy, right? Maybe. With you, everything is maybe. Listen, Dennison. Bart Russell was stabbed. He was murdered, Danny. You know what my comment is? Positively. Listening to Broadway's My Beat, written by Morton Fine and David Friedkin, and starring Larry Thor as Detective Danny Clover. April is Cancer Control Month, the time for special attention to a most serious disease. Great progress has been made against many kinds of cancer, thanks to your past contributions to the research, education, and treatment programs of the American Cancer Society. But the complete conquest of cancer is still for the future. And this conquest can be financed only by new contributions. Send your check to the American Cancer Society by addressing it to Cancer, care of your own local post office. That's Cancer, care of your local post office. When springtime finally happens, Broadway walks a street dappled with sunshine... It's the breeze sighing in from the river, touches you, and starts the special dream you can enjoy while walking, having to do with the far places and small golden bells, curve of ocean, and sudden swift flight of an orange-colored bird. The season of being young again and search again. Give up to it. Except there's the job, the rent to pay, buy the beer, leave the tip, meet the installment. So walk into the springtime breeze and make the promise. Next year, it'll all come true. And the new day in the place where I was was compounded of this. Velvet drapes and statuary, crystal goblets and glass cases, grand piano, gold pendulum clock, carved furniture, and sunlight which revealed no dust. And Miss Julia Walsh. Yes, of course, Bart Russell was once my husband. First and last, oh, lucky me. The fact that yesterday he was found murdered, Miss Walsh, what does that do? Uh... Friends of mine have died before. Would you believe it, just six months ago, a very dear friend of mine just didn't get out of bed one day, known as dying with... Then one... your former husband's death doesn't do anything to you, huh? Listen, you. My station in life for six years was being wife to Bart Russell. He suggested to me one day a divorce. I placed one hand on my hip, my head to one side, and with the other hand I snapped my fingers... I said, which meant awfully good idea. Divorced him just because he asked you to, is that right? After, of course, he handed me the list of properties I would then own, besides various monies, all of which would make me wealthy and without the need of a husband ever again. Well, that was uh, two years ago. Approximately. After the chat we had, I went off to Reno and without the blowing of horns became a single woman. I haven't seen Bart since. Bart's your married life with him. Tell me about it. While I was married to him, I was proud and eager to be his wife. 
Another woman intruded. Time to say goodbye, you know. Cheerio, dear boy, and thanks for the lovely marriage, you know. And no regrets. Pride, of course, I was wounded. But the poultice that can be made out of money and real estate titles soothes, heals, no pain. Well, almost no pain. Go on. This gal, this babe for whom he threw me out of my ear. She had me investigated. Me, Barton, both of us. What are you talking about? Investigated. Looked into us. To find out about us. Happily married, state of economics, those things. How do you know? I heard I was being investigated. And some of my friends had been approached about me. They told me his name. You mean your husband's girlfriend hired a private detective, is that right? Yes. Who I approached with a winning smile and a hundred dollar bill. You're taking me to Stanley Tiger? Who's in my private office? I'm the guard of my house detective. In here, please. Hello, son. Trouble, huh, Mr. Taggart? <laughs> I flipped, son. Force of habit swirled round my heels, and I flipped right over onto my face. Someone will tell me about it, huh? No, not you, Kremley. You may go. Please, Kremley. Your house detective? Who has served his purpose, and who has better to do... Now that a public official is here. <laughs> son, son, I'm sorry to put you to all this bother. You're a man to be fond of. Uh, I'm sorry. Oh, now you're sorry. <laughs> and what were your feelings less than an hour ago when you skipped my hotel? We're about to board a train at Grand Central for Miami. <laughs> uh, if it hadn't been for Kramer. Good you know. feelings, son. Old feelings. This time of year, habit's very strong in a man. He gets a feeling... It says Miami. And yesterday, the feeling sent a phone call to Rome and one to Paris and to London. <laughs> and Topeka, son. That's where I got the warmest hello. Yes, and not pay for them, nor for the room service at all hours, nor for the ballot, nor for Havana cigars. Nor I for... tried to explain it to you, son. I got the money to pay for those nice things. I'm sugared with money. Then why didn't you pay your hotel bill? Well, it's just the season hit me. And the old habit welled up. In... <laughs> he, he just just welled up. I'll tell you what he's talking about. Yeah, you do that, sir. Yes, I will. This, this hotel bulletin, bulletin of the Hotel's Owners Association. And this, bulletin of hotel detectives, dated June 1951. Pamphlets dedicated to the apprehension of deadbeat. <laughs> like Mr. Taggart, eh? Now, these pictures of him when he registered as uh, uh, Stan Lowry at the Mule Bark in Kansas City and beat them for the bridal suite. <laughs> and as a Lowell Stanley at the Bell River Indianapolis, where he beat them for the silver anniversary penthouse and a catered bank. Let me see that. <laughs> A uh, picture of a girl here, Mr. Taggart. Says you worked it together. A hundred hotels, a hundred aliases. How is a man... Be quiet a minute, Mr. Shields. The girl, Taggart. Wouldn't have had the sparkle to it without her. She in the penthouse and me in the presidential suite. <laughs> Made quite a team. Let's go. <laughs> I sure got crummy habits. <laughs> yeah. Come on, son.
Mr. Clover. This is Russell. Won't you gentlemen come in? Shall I bother to tell you, Mr. Clover, that I've canned the maid, so you can't have coffee today either? That's okay. How do you feel about it, Dennison? Mrs. Russell will be the fifth person today who didn't offer me coffee. What's the matter? Aren't you liked? No. Poor you. Well, doesn't leave us much to talk about, does it? I'm the kind of guy who doesn't talk much without a formal introduction. Don't bother. He's Detective Dennison, Mrs. Russell. Hail and farewell. And you're a new widow, so you got mood, so you don't want to see anybody. Right? Let it go at that. On his way to jail, your Uncle Stanley told me to say hello to you. What do you mean, on his way to jail? From the time we picked him up to the time we booked him, that interval is known as on his way to jail. Cop talk. Somewhere in there, he said to say hello to you. What was he picked up for? He tried to run out on a hotel bill. He did what? And when he was picked up by the house, Dick, Uncle Stanley was wearing two suits, his socks in his coat pocket, his shirts and underwear tied around his middle. All he left the Rossmore Plaza was a suitcase with a pawn ticket in it. Oh, he's a rascal, isn't he? Very lovable. And he sent you here to go his bail, is that it? To go his bail? My, my. Matter of fact, you know what came with Uncle Stanley? Do I have to throw a fit to get rid of you two? Don't throw a fit, Mrs. Russell. Just take a look at this. Bulletin of the Hotel Owners Association. Who wants to look at that? Now show her a picture, Danny. Ladies always like to look at their own. That was a long time ago. Everything's changed now. Yeah, you lost a husband. That's a big change. Listen, Mr. Clover. Uh-huh. I told you about Bart. A boy with antics. He pulled the biggest one of his career. He got killed. What am I supposed to do? Simple. Tell us whether his murder was meditated or premeditated. You kidding? Look, Carol. You're a con girl from way back. Work in the hotels is only a side thing with you. So don't get coy with us. You're a slob, you know that? Okay. Only don't get caught. I had a talk a little while ago with a man named Tom Hudson, Mrs. Russell. Tom Hudson. The most studious private investigator of them all. Fellas. What? You know how it is. Mm-mm. How is it? A girl goes to marry. She's got to do a little research. Find out about her fellow. Oh, sure. All the time. Girl meets boy. Girl hires private cop. Girl finds out marriage status and bank account. A girl marries fella. So you married Barton Russell. Then after you were married, found out he'd given most of his estate to his first wife as a settlement. Oh, you need a hanky, honey? Get away from me, you slob. My, my. You want to do something for me? You want to do something real nice? Lie down on that couch over there and fold your hands. Then die. Just a little bit die. Will you do that? That's my Carol. Okay, yeah. He gave her all the money. What he had left, he blew it in the last two years. The other night, he took me for a boat ride. Told me everything was for sale. Boat, house, the works. That did it. So you stabbed him just like that, huh? Well. Well what? I got mad. And Uncle Stanley was your alibi, huh? Can you imagine a knucklehead like that? With a pocket full of loose sea notes, you couldn't resist beating a hotel bill? Come on, Mrs. Russell. Here's your coat, Carol. Yeah. Wrap me around in mink, fellas. Either of you fellas got a girlfriend like a mink coat? No? Guess I'm just wasting my time. Shall we go?
the happy time on Broadway now. There's easy laughter and a hot trumpet skirled its song out into the grinning mob. And a man dips his hand in a trash can. It's the journey you made because you had no choice. The excursion to end of all the streets in the world. It's Broadway. The gaudiest. The most violent. The lonesomest mile in the world. Broadway. My Beat. Broadway's My Beat stars Larry Thor as Detective Danny Clover, with Charles Calvert as Tartaglia and Jack Christian as Mugathan. The program is produced and directed by Elliot Lewis, with musical score composed and conducted by Alexander Courage. In tonight's story, Mary Jane Croft was heard as Carol, and James McCallion as Dennison. Featured in the cast were June Whitley, Alan Reed, Edgar Barrier, and Howard McNear. Bill Anders speaking. Tonight on most of these same CBS radio stations, listen for a thrilling adventure called Tarzan and the Coward. Also this evening on most of these same stations, listen for Gangbusters with another true anti-crime story, a saga of law versus outlaw titled Without Equal. Tonight, every Saturday, enjoy Tarzan, Lord of the Jungle, and Gangbusters presented by CBS Radio. America now rides to the tune of 25 million auto radios and listens most to the CBS radio network. Listening to I Love Old Time Radio with your host, Virtual Vinny. Welcome back. Carol was not what you'd call full of warmth and empathy. She cared for her and her alone. But her uncle was rather jovial, though. And that's going to conclude our show here on I Love Old Time Radio. This program can be heard on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify. Amazon Music, and our host, Anchor.fm. For a full list, visit our website at iloveoldtimeradio.com and find the best location that suits you. You can also listen to us on your Alexa device through TuneIn or iHeartRadio. Like us on Facebook at I Love Old Time Radio. Follow us on Twitter at I Love OT Radio. Comments and questions can be directed to our website at iloveoldtimeradio.com or leave a voice message using the Anchor.fm app. If you'd like to help support this show, you can do so with a one-time donation or join our Patreon page at support.iloveoldtimeradio.com. Tomorrow, it's a new episode of Interesting to Mysteries, and join us next Wednesday for some more Broadway Is My Beat. For iloveoldtimeradio.com, this is Virtual Vinny, signing off. <laughs>